Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Detroit podcast, where we discuss business, real estate, lifestyle, and travel. I'm your host, Eric Andrews, founder and owner of Brick and Mortar Detroit Real Estate Brokerage. I started this podcast for boots on the ground insights from not just one, but as many industry professionals that I could find. Today's guest is Peter Barishai. Hey, Pete. Welcome. Thank you for coming on. Hello, Bear. How's it going? Good. How you doing, man? Really good. Really good. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Uh, Pete Barishai. Uh, I own Black Mountain Defense, and um, I'm a critical skills developer for uh, the Citizen Defenders. Uh, basically, what I do is I teach people how to mitigate and manage uh, the violence around them should it happen. So uh, we deal with, you know, understanding the fight before it happens, while it happens, and after it happens if somebody ever gets attacked. Um, that's pretty much what I do using whatever tools that, uh, that are disposable, right? Mm -hmm. Between the hands, the feet, um, the gun, whatever it is, uh, even up to, you know, uh, just using your feet and running away. But the most important tool that we'll talk about probably most of the time is your brain. So <laughs> that's a great, great intro for <laughs> sure. So what made you get into self-defense and martial arts? Uh, I think I've always, always been into it, uh, as a kid, I think, uh, growing up watching Van Damme, um, you know, me and Simon, my twin, uh, we grew up watching Van Damme movies, uh, you know, so liking martial arts was pretty much a given for us. Uh, we couldn't really afford to train. My mom and dad really didn't have the funds to be able to do so. So they, they did try to put us into karate and we did it for like a year or so. And then uh, it just was too, too expensive. So they pulled us mm. and uh, me and Simon continued to stay with it. Uh, eventually that, you know, kind of went, you know, away with school and, and all that stuff. And, mm. uh, but I, it, it still stayed on my mind uh, throughout um, becoming an adult. But um, when I looked for something like Kramaga, um, what I ended up finding was uh, a bunch of crap out there, like traditional martial arts that just didn't look like, um, didn't look like what, what I had experienced. You know, me and Simon had just gotten to a lot of scraps. We we're just not, you know, the, the nicest people in the world. And violence <laughs> was, uh, was something we had a, a, an interesting relationship with. So uh, when I wanted to continue to train, um, I couldn't really do so. I didn't find anything I liked. So I found, I found something that looked similar um, to what it, what it is that uh, I had experienced already. And, and that's how I found uh, Krav Maga. Um, as far as the shooting stuff goes, I've always been in the guns the same way. Um, guns were like, you know, in, in my neighborhood, they were like, you know, the thing to have, like you had to have a, you had to have a pistol. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes your status yeah. in certain neighborhoods was like, what kind of gun did you have? So I was always around guns. Um, Pops had a gun. Everybody had a gun around me. Mm. Um, you know, uh, when I, as soon as I get my hands on one, I got one. Uh, but I, I knew really quick once I did get my hands on one, I didn't know shit about it. So I realized I'm probably going to be dangerous. And I, I went to seek some training. Actually, I went to seek some shooting and I shot the roof of the shooting range. <laughs> um, and the guy come in yelling at me and he's like, yo, what are you doing? You're like, you're, you're shooting my roof. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know, like, what do you want me to do? I don't know anything. So, uh, and, and that's, and that's kind of how I started learning how to, how to shoot and later on how to, how to properly, how to properly fight. Hmm. It's so funny. You said you were interested in Van Damme because you're not really much of a kicker, you say, but Van Damme's like all kicks. Well, you know, I'm no one trick pony. I can, I can kick. <laughs> I can kick with the best of them. I just yeah, don't like yeah, that's kicking. True. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. I, you know, uh, I think I think Van Dam was just because he was like he had an accent, so he reminded me of like all my uncles and cousins and shit. Uh, um, and and the movies were were awesome. And and I really, um, you know, kicking was like my first thing, like karate. Hmm. Uh, I just 
you know, Rocky, I think was a, was a bigger influence, uh, grew up, you know, when I got older, uh, you know, because Rocky, <laughs> you know, <laughs> boxing was cool, man. You know, yeah. uh, it was cooler than karate. So I think, uh, and I think boxing, uh, just, you know, was, was the one for me when I, uh, when I started competing. So. Oh yeah. I absolutely love it. So what's your favorite martial art form then? Uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I have a favorite. I think, uh, I think if I was going to be partial to one, it'd be Krav Maga because mm -hmm. it, it put me in, in a path to, um, do everything else. Right. It gave me a base to, to understand fighting first. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to augment that with, um, you know, the grappling and the, and the, and the competitive boxing, which, um, that's why I, I think Krav Maga was, it was a perfect base. And I think it still is for a lot of people, um, that way you can start picking up things from there. You know, some people take Krav and then they train Muay Thai after which, and then they become great at Muay Thai. Um, but they still have the kind of the mindset, the warrior ethos that I think, uh, I think the best thing that Krav does, does that, you know, it builds that like, you know, I'll, I'm going to go and I'm going to yeah. mess you up and it I'm going to go home safe. Um, <laughs> it does. You know, keep so. pushing for sure, for sure. And so what, so obviously you're also a business owner too. So mm -hmm. business aspect, like, so what is your day-to-day -day like Monday through Friday? Cause you, you pretty much work every day, don't you? Pretty much seven days, <laughs> pretty much seven days. There's, you know, I have gaps in, in, in my, in my days, just like, you know, a lot of kind of like business owners, there's like mm -hmm. a, a gap here and there. Um, but yeah, my, like my, my day-to-day -day, first thing I do is I wake up um, and you know, I try to, you know, sit around the house for a minute and collect my thoughts, you know, kind of like people say meditate on your day. And that's pretty much the same thing I'm doing is just mm. getting my thoughts together, reminding myself that I have stuff to do. Um, I'm glad I get to do it. Bless them. I get to do what I get to do every day. Exactly. And then uh, I, you know, start drinking caffeine. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, I have to make sure I'm working on, on myself first, because if I, if I don't work on myself, I can't do what I need to do for my people that, that rely on me. So I, I start drinking coffee. I, I go to the exercise, uh, depending on what time it is in the morning. Um, I, I immediately go for a run or I, I do some, some sort of weight training. Um, mm. and then, and then business starts right after that. Mm. Um, I'm either teaching on the shooting range or working some sort of like administrative stuff, you know, business stuff, making sure I'm making calls, uh, emails, returning, re returning stuff, accounting, you know, making sure money's money's there, money's yeah. going out. People are mm. getting paid what they need to be paid. Um, and then, you know, I do that for a few hours. Then usually I'll either make my way to one of the locations, either the shooting range or the gym. And I start teaching, um, private lessons or outings or classes, all the way up until I either go back to one of the locations, I go either back to the shooting range or back to the gym and work again and again and again. I usually do that till about nine o'clock at night. And then I go home. Um, I, usually it's not done yet. Um, before I sit down and eat, you know, I, I usually sit down and uh, I get in my office and write down what I had to do for the day, what I got done, if, you know, I do more accounting, making sure that, you know, we're keeping the lights on and, you know, so to speak, making sure that, you know, we're making the money to be able to do this. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then I eat dinner and I drink expensive tequila with my wife. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong <laughs> with that. So the life of a, of a business owner, that's exactly Yeah, we don't stop, man. You, know, you understand. Ends. I do, you know, I do. People. And so, <laughs> um, okay, so what is actually, what do you hate most about being a, like a gym owner or a business owner? you have anything that you hate versus what you love? Um, I, I think there's just pet peeves. I think rather than anything that I hate, um, people that ask questions that, uh, are very obvious, not as in like the martial arts aspect, but like actual, like 
questions where you're like, why just open your eye, like the website things, like people will call me and they'll be like, Hey, I'm on your website. Like, where's your schedule? And I'd be like, did you click schedule? And they'd be like, Oh no, I didn't, I didn't see that at the top of the screen. Um, you know, they'd be like, Hey, I can't, I don't know where your schedule is or, you know, yeah. Hey, what's your website? And it's like all over the gym. Uh, yeah, it is. You know, uh, <laughs> so it's like, it's like those, those weird things where you're like, you just like, yeah, you're like wasting my time a little bit. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Ah, I'm crazy doing crazy stuff over here. So I right. So that. it's uh, that, that's I think I, yeah I think there's not really much I hate. I love being a business. Um, business is like my favorite thing to be able to do. Um, I do. I absolutely have to be able to do this. I don't think I could work for anybody ever again. Um, but mm-hmm. there are pet peeves, and even with my fun jobs, um, you know, I, I don't think there's really anything I I hate. Um, but maybe I, I guess I could probably take that back in my shooting world. I do hate when people are just like fucking unsafe. Um, I do have, I do have sometimes where, you know, people who are, are good uh, are generally unsafe with their handguns. And, and that, that, that I guess I hate, but you know, it's, it's just, I can't hate ignorant. You know what I mean? They just don't yeah, know. Yeah, yet. exactly. Don't know. So, so I guess, you know, those days that you know your your fun job becomes an actual job i guess there's a little bit more like that uh yeah it's no longer so fun anymore it's just you know there's definitely a hitch to it so what are the first few things that you say as far as being a handgun owner and being safe like what are what are the few principles you would like to see for people that come to your range get instruction first um uh empty your cup of uh there's usually we all have a, a cup of ego you know um I say as soon as you get your handgun, uh, especially mostly going for men, I don't see this very much of women, uh, mostly going for men, I would say dump, uh, you know, empty your cup of ego every last drop and, 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 and go and find somebody who it can even teach you the basics, right? How to hold, how to load, how to be safe with it. Um, I think that's probably the best. I don't like the requirement of having to be forced to train, uh, but I think it should be implied like, yo, you buy a gun go at least learn the basics and expand on that should you want to. Um, and I think that's most important so that you're safe, not just for um, yourself, but for the people around you. You know what I mean? Like you have a house with kids, with other adults. Um, you gotta be, you gotta be 150% responsible for what you have in that house. So, Absolutely. and sometimes, sometimes seeing somebody who knows, um, who knows better um, is important. And, and like I said, why, why we dumped a couple of ego out because you know, it's a, it's, it's a thing for, it's a hard thing for, for guys to do to, uh, you know, be like, exactly. you want to teach me how to shoot or teach <laughs> me how to fight, which most guys, as soon as they come out their mom, they think they can do that really yes. well. Uh, me being one of them, I used to think I was, you know, I was the shit at fighting and shooting until I shot a dude's roof and he was like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so. right. Humbled really quick. Exactly. 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 So, okay. So you're an agent, right? Cause really what I'm, the biggest reason I have you on the show is because I think that there are a lot of people that do things that just are, like you said, generally unsafe, but just even in the real estate world, sometimes I'll see people and one, one thing I have, and I'm just going to kind of put it out there. Say for instance, you're a woman or whatever, and you're even more attractive than the norm or whatever it may be. Sometimes putting your face on a listing can be dangerous, right? So someone may call for an appointment, but really they may have ulterior motives. So say for instance, you're an agent, you go into a vacant house in the city or the suburbs, what would be the first thing that, that you do? You know, I like to clear out the house and just look, look around the back, the front, make sure no windows are broken, but you know, from a, a safety instructor, sure. what do sure. we got? Well, I think, uh, I think first I would tell somebody to go preemptive and tell somebody where you're going, what time you're supposed to be there. 
and and roughly what time you're going to be leaving right that way at least there's something behind behind you um if you can take somebody uh the buddy system is always is always better uh, if you know an agent that might be working in the same area be like hey you know can you can you just park behind me and, or come with me um i think those are those are probably things that somebody can probably do beforehand um, um other than obviously training and preparing, preparing themselves. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think if, if you pull up um, and when I used to do some security stuff uh, before we would do any security, I would uh, drive up and do like a, a ride around just to make sure there's nothing, you know, um, that kind of makes them the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Right. You know I mean, like somebody creeping around the house or things moving mm-hmm. um, uh, that, you know, are in the house. And then, like you said, once you get out, definitely make sure there's no broken windows. Uh, checking to see if the door has been wedged open. Um, you know, if the door has been left open, uh, that's a clear indicator that um, probably something's not right. And then sure. again, uh, just clearing the yard, walking around, making sure, uh, you know, having your hands, you know, free uh, mm-hmm. would be a good option. Um, when you're walking in that way, if you need to put your hands on something or somebody, uh, they're not occupied with like your bag or folders and, and stuff like that. So, gotcha, gotcha. And I'm actually, I'm actually interested to get your thoughts on this. So when I started showing houses, more so like the the fixer uppers and neighborhoods that a lot of people won't go to. Sure. Um, it's kind of probably controversial, but something that I don't do anymore, or maybe I shouldn't even put it out there, but I tend not to lock the door just in case someone is in there because I don't want to get jammed up against the door trying to get out of the door versus someone coming in behind me. It's kind of like, I don't know, a catch 22. So what are your thoughts on that? What, what, what would you do? Well, um, know, know, where, know where your exit are is um, immediately, right? Mm-hmm. Know where other exits could be, right? When you walk in. Um, I, don't, I don't know if... Um, I, to be honest with you, I don't know if locking the door um, would help that much, right? If somebody's waiting on you or waiting to attack you, um, they're gonna they're gonna blast that door wide open. It might it might stop them or slow them down for a minute, but uh, um, you know if it's locked and you have to you have to try to jimmy that fucker open while while somebody's chasing you around the house with a knife. Um, <laughs> you know you know what I mean. So yeah. uh, gotcha. that also being said, most most people don't want a fight. Um, so. So if it's a if it's a male, um, generally that's they're going to be attacked for one reason. Uh, women are usually attacked for completely other reasons. Um, so if, if you understand the mindset of the attacker, I think that's going to be most most important. Mm. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, if if it's like a guy like you said, like he sees a picture or something, and he decides he wants to wait, he's going to do his he's going to do his diligence to be a, the best predator he can. Mm. He's going to wait, find a way to to attacker he's not going to wait for her to lock the door open the door uh for you um a, a male probably if you get robbed it's gonna it's gonna be for a robbery you know what i mean they're gonna try right. to take something Hopefully. take something from you <laughs> yeah. so yeah i mean i i don't know if i would even bother locking the door mm-hmm. you know what i mean i'm already in the house yeah you know what i mean so yeah, exactly no i typically don't um yeah i also don't want to get jammed up against it when i'm trying to run out the door and it's you know right opens this right. way and so it's like ah, i don't know it just mm-hmm. kind of depends so what is the biggest mistake you think a lot of people make just in situational awareness overall uh well i it could be a lot of things but i think i think they some even people who understand the word situational situational awareness the term um don't know what to do with it right like you'll have people who will, they'll generally put their phone away in their pocket but like when they see something that bothers them or they see something that should like bother them, they don't know exactly what to do with it. So mm. they just almost like, it's almost like they purchased situational awareness, mm. but don't know what the fuck to do with it after mm. they purchased it. You yes. understand? Yes. So I think that's probably the biggest mistake. One, 
um, having situation awareness is important. Most people are starting to understand that, um, to not have your eyes stuck on your phone, um, but knowing what to do when something bothers you and being willing to stop something before, before it happens, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I think, uh, one of the biggest mistakes that people make is, is, is negotiating themselves when a problem starts to happen is into a bigger problem. Totally you know. agree. Totally agree. So what is your general protocol when you're out and about when you're scanning? Like, do you have a kind of like a method that you use? Yeah. Um, you know, first I, you know, when I walk in somewhere, especially if I, if I don't know the place, um, when I walk in, I usually look for like where my exits are. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that way I can, I can, if I had to dip, I'll dip right away. Um, I also have in my head that uh, any, any altercation I get into, even if it's a small argument, um, I'm out the door. Like I'm, here's my yeah. money. I'll pay the check. If, if we're at a restaurant and you look at me funny, you say, what the fuck you looking at? Um, I'm gonna say, yep, my bad. The second that happens, <laughs> I'm going to leave. Why? Because I don't know. You, you might be waiting for me in a parking lot. I'm gone. Exactly. So, um, as far as like that goes, but you know, um, if I can be seated somewhere where I can run better, um, you know, to get out of there, see, see the whole place I'm in. Uh, that's important. I want to be able to pay attention, uh, to who's in the building, how many people are in there. Um, also looking for baselines and anomalies, you know, stuff like, you know, if I'm in a, if I'm in a building where everybody's wearing t-shirts, shorts, and flip-flops, but somebody's wearing a hoodie like this, right. right. And I can't see their hands. That should tell me something. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so looking for, for stuff that just out of, out of the ordinary. Um, and then, you know, basically making a decision from there. So there's a really good book, actually. I'd love to, I love if you read it, it's called uh, the left of bank. It's right over here. I haven't read it yet, but it's next on my list. So I'm it's, definitely it's amazing. If, if even if you can just audible that one, it's kind of a hard read if you're not into like reading um, hmm. learning books. It's a really good uh, audible too if you want to do like while you're running or working out or something. Oh, bet, bet. So left to bang, that's a good one for you guys to look mm -hmm. to definitely check out. So all right, say for instance you are attacked, right? So then mm -hmm. what would you recommend to I don't know, not even just a woman, not even just a man, but a, a smaller person, someone that just has to deal with the situation and attack quickly? Do you have any recommendations? of like go-to things you know let's see what you got easy easy um that's a, a a dominant punch to the head like like a right hand to the head um you know or an open hand strike uh concussive force to the skull um is good right mm -hmm. it's not at the end i'll be all um you know even like a kick to the groin is a great shot it's a good distraction mm -hmm. um you know a punch in the throat is a great distraction mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I don't like, I don't, I don't work on moves, right. You know, obviously you, you train with me and I don't believe in doing this, but if you can't fight, you can't fight. Um, but uh, you know, if, uh, if you were going to hone in on like one really good thing to do, um, if I was going to say one thing to have as like a self-defense backup skill mm -hmm. is a, a good strike, like have one good strike. Like if it's just your right punch or left hook or kick to the groin, master that, that way, if you need to use it, you you can crush it. Right. I think Bruce Lee said it. Right. Something about uh, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, he fears not somebody who done 10,000 kicks. Fear the one who's done the one kick 10,000 times. And I really, yeah. <laughs> really, really agree with that. Uh, Absolutely. Whatever, whatever the person, even if it's a smaller person decides to choose, just hone in and make that make that uh, make that amazing. And I can't recall who said this. And it was really, really interesting. And they asked the same question. They said, would a female who's smaller be able to hurt? a man who's big. And, and he said, well, what do you weigh? 125 pounds. And I think I said something like this in class the other day. I said, would you want to get hit with a sandbag in the face? That's 125 pounds. Absolutely not. So if you know how to generate all your power into somebody's face, however much you weigh, um, I think that's a, that's a valuable, valuable skill in self-defense to have as far as the physical hard skills. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Whatever you can 
Yeah. And to follow that up, I'd say, hey, if you only have one good punch and a kick to the groin and throat punch or whatever it may be, put them together and then try to get the fuck away. So yep. that definitely yep. works for me. Got it. And then um, more is better. More is better to learn more, train more, be better, be better. But if you only had a, a limited time to work on a couple limited things, I think you're right. Just a couple basics of what you need to hone in on. Exactly. And um, so off the top, what is the most important thing that you could convey, could convey to the general public? about safety in general? Anything that pops in your mind when I say that? Uh, yeah, um, take care of your bodies. Um, uh, defense from self is more important than self-defense. I don't care um, how much uh, you can fight. If, uh, if, if you make it through a fight, but you can't breathe and you end up having a heart attack and dying after, uh, then, then, then what was the fight worth? Uh, take care of your bodies. I think if you look like you can fight, if your body is strong and durable, that's the best self-defense you can have because nobody wants to mess with a guy who's got cauliflower ear or, or muscles, right? If you, if, if you take care of yourself, I think that's the best, best, uh, thing I can have. I can have, uh, I can impart. And again, as a business owner who teaches self-defense and fighting, uh, it's probably the worst thing I can say as far as business goes, because I don't own a, I don't own a traditional gym or, or a nutrition company. But, um, as far as self-defense goes, um, take care of that body. And, you know, if I can, if I can carry you for 50 yards to safety, you know what I mean? That's, that's most important to me. How can I be helpful in an emergency? Gotcha. And so for someone who doesn't necessarily, maybe they're just trying to get into shape, mm -hmm. you have like a regimen for someone, say for instance, someone that was going to start your class base level, but was mm -hmm. condition a little bit, what would you recommend to them? Uh, start jogging, start jogging, um, do, do some road work, start, start getting your lungs, your legs and your shoulders going. That's it. Um, you know, I, I, I don't like the term getting shape before uh, learning how to fight. I think getting in shape is a great byproduct of learning how to fight. But if I was going to say the best thing for somebody to start doing to, to, to get into a fitness journey, maybe is start running, getting into jogs, letting your body start working. You know, it's a good for mental fortitude. Um, it's good to get your body moving around uh, safely, of course. So I think I think jogs are, are, are incredibly important. Gotcha. So endurance also you think is a big part of it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. All right. Well, like I said, we're gonna keep this one short, but um, any crazy Detroit stories, any just crazy story in general, most embarrassing, um, what you got? There's a there's a lot of de crazy Detroit stories that I probably can't talk much about, but uh, I will tell you one. I was uh I was uh downtown with a, bu a bunch of buddies of mine and uh a couple of them are in uh, are in the cannabis business. And this was when it was like kind of starting getting decriminalized. Sure. And I remember we're downtown and they light this, they light this blunt up, right? I can talk about this, right? This is okay. Yeah, for sure. Whatever. All right, cool, cool. So they light this blunt up and, and like they're smoking, you know, uh -huh. and, and he passes it to me. Right. So I'm like, I had it in my hand and I'm like, man, this is weird. Like I'm not used to like, who smokes like out in public? Like, this is crazy. Right. So they're like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's decriminalized. I'm like, oh, what? Like, I'm still like nervous. So like I go to hit it. And of course the police officer, he's right there. So like now I'm like, I'm shit. Uh, I'm like, right. Like I'm going to hand it like this. I can't lose my job. And he, he walks past and the police officer's like, that smells good. Well. And I, like, I was like, what, what just happened here? I, 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 that was the most shocking shocking thing that a police officer said to me in my whole life <laughs> he's just he just acknowledged that it was some 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 dank weed or something and just walked on past and it was it was pretty incredible to me because i knew we were in, in a different world when it came to that world it is you know? 
So very different. It was very interesting. It was interesting. Um, it was an interesting moment for uh, for me. Times have changed, my friend. Yeah, bro. People get high off of like electric weed, man. Like imagine tell you know being fourteen years old and being like, yo, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hit this battery and it's gonna get me high. <laughs> oh, right all day anywhere in the movies in the store wherever is right. like whoa right. mind-blowing right. mind-blowing right. all right well we have a quick word from our sponsors is work or real estate getting you down are you feeling burned out or depressed well there's a solution you can use right from the comfort and privacy of your own home computer center for establishing recovery is metro detroit's leading provider for e-therapy if you're in need of a listening ear contact Center for Establishing Recovery at establishingrecovery.com. If you have a question or a topic you're interested in having us discuss or interested in coming on as a guest, advertising, real estate services, or sponsoring an episode, go to brickandmortardetroit.com slash podcast. Pete, is there anything else you'd like to promote? Where can people find you? Anything you want the world to know? Uh, find me at blackmountaindefense.com. Um, Instagram, Facebook, Black Mountain Defense. Um, that I, I, you know, come out and see us, man. You know, I don't, uh, I don't have sales spiels, man. You know, you know that. Like, if you want to come in and hang out with us and train with us, we'd love to have you. Uh, if not, um, that's cool too. Um, you know, we're we're trying to, um, you know, show show something new. I think uh, I think uh, we're, we're we're making the uh, evolution of of, of self defense training, and uh, I think we're on to something uh, something important here. And and I appreciate you having me on and, and talking to me and letting me uh, put out some some good stuff out there. Hopefully, uh, your fans, uh, your, your your followers enjoy it. And uh, oh, yeah. I hope to have uh, anybody on the on the range and at the gym, and and and, and hopefully I can one day teach myself out of business and bad guys stop messing with us yeah exactly well i tell you what i will personally vouch for the classes like if it's right on the brink of being too hard but still very <laughs> doable i think that this is a great starter class for anyone you should definitely try it out um you want to give us your schedule really quickly yeah um uh we're teaching our open classes uh monday mondays at 7 15 tuesdays at 6 p.m wednesday 7 15 and Saturdays at 10, 15 a.m. And we have our gun classes uh, online, our live fire gun classes and a really cool program, our integrative defensive strategies program that's uh, here at the gym. Uh, and that's uh, the hardest program for me to be able to describe. Uh, I, I, if I was going to put it into one term, I'd say we're putting the fighter back in gunfighter. Um, check, check out the website and, uh, and check out integrated defensive strategies. We teach that every Tuesday and Thursday at seven 15 here at my location and every Tuesday at 11 AM at new way martial arts in Shelby township. Awesome. Awesome. Again, personally, I vouch for it. Yeah, I, I do it every weekend I can, and I look forward to it every weekend. And we love having you. you know. We love having you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I enjoy it so much. Yeah, you, right, come well, with a nice, you come with a nice right hand, man. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you tagged me like four times. I was telling my wife about <laughs> how you had to like walk me back to the corner after you like, you know, make sure. the bell rung, the bell rung. He's like, no, that, that wasn't the right bell. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, you rang my bell be, be right before that. My knees, my knees buckled for a second. It was, oh, it was an incredible shot. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, um, I, I was telling um, uh, Ruth about it after. It was, it was, you, you cracked me right hand and it literally buckled my knees. I think that's, oh. my brain went into survival mode. And I think that's why oh, I hit you with that. Oh, like, that was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I didn't even know. So I was like, oh shit. Like I didn't even, it wasn't supposed to happen like that, but my brain. Oh, it was cool. Like, it was cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I need it. I need it definitely. It makes me a little bit sharper. So I definitely appreciate it. I haven't watched the video yet. I think I'm going to watch it after we get off here. If I have a little time today. So I can see yeah. where, 
where I uh, finally got at least one in. But um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, a couple actually. You landed two really good ones, but that one shook my knees up pretty good. Perfect, perfect. I'm gonna stick with the right hand with you, man. Actually, I'm pretty sure you caught me cleaner than most people have caught me in most of my fights. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna study it. I'm gonna study it. It was a hard shot, dude. It was a hard one, man. Maybe I was in survival mode. Like, ah. Yeah, yeah, maybe. (laughs) Gotcha. All right. Well, that's it for today. You've been listening to the Brick and Mortar Detroit podcast, where we discuss business, real estate, lifestyle, and travel. I'm your host, Eric Andrews, founder and owner of Brick and Mortar Detroit Real Estate Brokerage. I started this podcast for boots on the ground insights from not just one, but as many industry professionals that I could find. As always, don't just dream, build your dream. Follow us on Instagram at Brick and Mortar DET for everything else, brick and mortar Detroit.com slash podcast. Brick and Mortar Detroit podcasts and newsletters reflect the opinions of only the authors who are associated guests of podcasts and do not reflect the views of Brick and Mortar Detroit LLC or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. They are for informational purposes only and are not a recommendation of an investment strategy or to buy or sell any home, security, or asset in any market. They are also not research reports and are not intended to serve as the basis for any investment decision. Any third-party information provided therein does not reflect the views of Brick and Mortar Detroit LLC or any of their subsidiaries or affiliates. All investments involve risk, including the loss of money, principal, and past market performance does not guarantee future results. We always recommend you enlist a professional entity for any investment decision you may be considering.